Podcast Network Asia. For the first time in my life, I actually bought a PTS ticket for like a concert. It's one of the most amazing experiences I've had. I'm Sarge Lacuesta, and this is Esquire Philippines Lonely Hearts, where we have long conversations in your behalf with the lonely hearts, minds, and misunderstood geniuses of this world. People have made sense of themselves and the things around them during these uncertain times and who appear on this podcast in the interest of helping all of us make sense of our own personal worlds too. I'm excited about this because this is something I almost completely don't know anything about. And, you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody or in general about things you don't know anything about, that's one of the most exciting parts of life. You know? Because when you talk about something you know about, It's just you talking to yourself, basically. But when it's with somebody about something you don't know anything about or you know very little about, it's always a discovery. And I hope that uh, everybody listening in discovers a lot of things too. But I suspect a lot of you know even more than I do about this. Today, we're going to talk about fanhood. But maybe in particular, I want to talk about being a BTS fan and being a fan of the Korean wave, no? K-pop, no? And this is a very timely occasion because it's... Am I correct, uh, Angel? This is Kim Tae-young's birthday. Wow, you did your research. Yes. No, it's I didn't Kim do my research. I just know it. I just like automatically <laughs> know it. But it's super nice to see all the projects that come out for his birthday. Like that big... Uh, when they lit up this huge building in Dubai, all the different um, donations that fans organized for his birthday also. So it's nice to see that, like on Twitter, because everyone's so active on Twitter. They actively post everything. So I look forward to seeing things like that also, because it makes you proud, in a sense, uh, of being part of this fandom. Can you describe yourself, not as a fan, but as a person? I'm glad you actually asked that because a lot of people would imagine, I don't know, like 12-year-old girls screaming over BTS, but actually it's not. So I am actually a PR and marketing, in point PR and marketing, and I am not young. <laughs> I am a professional in my late 30s or early 40s. I won't tell, but um, I've never been into K-pop actually before my friend who's super into it who's a doctor by the way okay she's a dermatologist she would whenever we'd go to seoul we'd go every year at least once a year for the past i don't know eight years she would take me to these cafes that were owned by k-pop artists moms or families and then i was shocked because i wasn't into k-pop when you enter there's like shrines of the k-pop like, idol literal shrines these are literal Something, shrines because like, i wasn't aware of it so of the culture. So when I entered, I was a bit shocked because they'd have a section of the cafe with posters, photos, dolls, gifts, everything of that idol. So I was a bit surprised, but I just rode along with it because I wasn't really into that. And like now, every time we go to Seoul, we go to all these BTS things. Uh, just as a background, even before I thought of this, of having you over, I just took a look at the BTS videos on YouTube. Mm. And then like, But the first video I saw was DNA. And mm. I was like, totally caught up in it. No, parang, in a way, I became a sort of 
instant fan. And I, I want to ask you, like, how did you become a fan? You said that you went to the, to, you've been going to Korea for eight years. And BTS has been around since 2013, I think. So that's about seven years ago. Mm. So I suppose you became a fan when you started going there or that's when you opened your eyes to them? I've seen a lot of other K-pop groups and I've heard their songs only because of my friend, my dermatologist friend. So I've heard them, but I was never really drawn into them. Sometimes I'd, you know, check them out out of curiosity because she likes sending links and stuff. So I just check them out or so we can talk about it. So she's exposed me to that. And then one time we were in Seoul, we were in Hongdae, and then there was a super catchy song. And you know how there are buskers on the street and they yes. dance to the more most popular songs at that time. And it was super catchy. It was apparent. So we, she looked it up afterwards and it was Fire. BTS okay. Fire. I looked up BTS and didn't immediately take a liking to them, but I was curious about them. Like I saw the Fire video. So my friend would keep sending me these videos. Like she'd send YouTube videos, random YouTube videos from like content way back about their practice videos. Like they didn't even have a studio. They would practice in a restaurant after a during closed hours. Because they didn't have a place to practice. And then you'd see them posting random videos. And they're cute and funny and uncensored. It's not scripted. They just post random stuff. And then they, and then combined with the music videos, their background story that they started from scratch. They didn't have... It's, I think of it this way. You know like when you're not an artista of ABS or GMA? And no, I don't know how that feels. <laughs> but <laughs> No, but I know what you mean. No, parang... You're like, parang, you're like an unsigned band. Yeah, exactly. Parang, so since, let's say, like, if you're not an artista from ABS or GMA, it's highly unlikely you'll be in a telenovela or a movie or get exposure. You'll be the artista that people will be like, huh? Sino siya? Artista ba yan? Saan? And, you know, it's a, it was the same thing for them. They were isolated. They did Artista ba siya or artistahin lang? Others should be like, huh? Paano nag artista yan? Right. Or same <laughs> So it's like it's a similar to them because they didn't they weren't included in that group. I think it's a started creeping little by little because you get drawn in by their story, their random videos, you get to know each member. You just keep looking for the content until and then you read the lyrics until you're interested enough to actually read the lyrics. Then when you read the lyrics, it just draws you in even more because you feel like someone gets you. I know what you're talking about. And then they have so many songs that it's overwhelming. But then at the same time, you just end up finding comfort in it also. Like I wake up and I'm just, I put on my Spotify and I listen to Life Goes On. So it's become a part. That's like your morning music now. It's like a ritual. It's like a ritual for me. And, and you know, like it, it becomes part of your life. For me, there's no day that passes that I don't even listen to one song. And what, what I love about them, so it's not really a decision. It's more like you can relate to them because like it's a combined. It's it's not just one element. It's all of it combined. You can you can you start to relate to them. You see the sincerity. It's a background story. It's all the content that they have. It's them reaching out to the fans as well. And then it's the lyrics. It's the music. Like sometimes you don't even have the the translation yet, but then you just get into the music and then you, you feel for them or it makes you happy or sad. It becomes part of your life. So parang, oh, go on. there's an emotional, it's interesting because when I when I hear them, 
when I hear their, when I listen to their songs, like, of course, most of it, most of their songs are in mm. Korean. I'm thinking, how might you have an emotional connection with a song that's sung entirely or almost entirely in Korean? I know that sometimes their hooks or their choruses are in English. No? They like to mix in a cup, some English, yeah. no? uh, especially now. No? Um, but how might you have that connection? Because all over the world, there's this connection. I mean, they have enjoyed superstardom even in the mm -hmm. U.S. Everybody's so amazed how many late night shows or night shows they've been on in the U.S. and how large their following has been. So I'm very, very sort of sure that there's an emotional connection. So tell me about this emotional connection you have with a band that speaks a language that you don't understand. Actually, I think um, what makes that emotional connection also, and I think what makes the makes the fandom is the shared experiences that we have with them. So it's actually an amazing experience in itself because I've met some good friends through this fandom. Like just for example, I love to. Okay, I'm saying I, I'm not saying too much about myself. I love to bake. So I went <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, wait, this is an interview with you, so uh, I expect you to talk about yourself. Uh, so um, yeah. I took uh, I took cake decorating class one time because I can make good cakes, but I can't really decorate them well. So I took took cake decorating class one time, and it's class of eight. And this girl next to me, okay, was really good. So the class of eight, parang BTS plus one. There you go, exactly. But I know there's seven. So you're really good, <laughs> okay. huh? Yeah, I, I, I read a lot. So like, this is the difference. I want to say mm. this. I'm not a fan. I can study them. I can read about them all day. But there's a huge difference between me and you. Mm. You know? So let's, go, let's continue with your cake decorating right. story. So the, the girl next to me was like churning out really pretty cakes. And then she tells me, oh, I have a business, blah, blah, blah. And then she wanted to show me photos. Then when she was going through her her gallery, she had to like scroll so much to get to the cakes because it was all BTS. And I was like, <laughs> I go, oh, oh, you're into BTS? And she's like, oh my God, yes. I'm like, oh my God, yes. So you know what? You become good friends. Oh, no, no, not so much. I have more pictures of BTS than my own family. That's true. That's true. That's I have so more than 10,000 photos of them on my phone and I need something for work. It takes me forever to pull out pictures. Just have to go through Sugar, oh, Taeyong, and everyone else. So like, that, that's just one example. And then, you know, like, you know, like when you go to these uh, events for work and stuff, you have to be proper, you know, and everything. So I was there and sure. then get, I get introduced to people. So I got introduced to this other PR girl and you're like, hi. And she's like, hi. And then you scan the crowd already, right? And then all of a sudden, I got the yeah. message. So I was like typing something on my phone. And she grabbed my arm and she's like, oh my God, are you army? And I looked at her because I was like, oh, it's not something I really announced in my professional line before. Right? And then I'm like, oh yeah. And she goes, oh my God, I'm army too. She saw my phone, the like the card. Those photo cards you put behind your phone. She saw or the sticker. Sure. The sticker, love yourself sticker. And then when she saw that, she just had the urge to tell me, I'm more me too. And like now we message each other like several times in a week. And she's become a friend also. So that's really cool. It's like like a like a community. And I think this sort of bond, instant bonding is part of being a fan, right? A fan is never lonely. Yeah. Were you ever a fan before? Or is this the first time you actually felt this sort of fanhood? Inside. I've never been a fan. I've never really been like 
like a strong music follower like i'd get i'd never paid for a concert my whole life but i wouldn't mind i've been to like beyonce j-lo you know whenever there's a big group that comes to manila and i've never paid for the tickets and someone would give tickets by i'd be like mm, which concert uh what's he <laughs> choosy but for the first time in my life i actually bought a pts ticket for like a concert and then it's one of the most amazing experiences i've had and like with sometimes with artists you know the feeling you buy an album and it's just the cover track that you listen to you don't sure. listen to the b-side sure. of the album i want you know, like just yeah. one song and then i'm sitting at the concert waiting for that one song and maybe some of the old song like title songs but I don't really know the other songs that come out. With BTS, it's a title track and all almost all the B-sides. Like this year alone, they've released more than 50 songs. I've been to a lot of Western artist concerts. I mean, I love Parochi and the Edgar. I find them super cool. But it's not enough for me to actually purchase a concert ticket, fly all the way to Seoul for a concert, buy their merchandise, follow them, spend my precious time following them. But I feel strongly enough for them that they're just naturally a part of my everyday routine and life. It's not, it doesn't feel like a commitment. It doesn't feel like anything like that. So it's, it's actually the first time I've experienced that in my life. Now, what's amazing about this is that, and I, and I want to relate it to your age since you brought that up. Now, we've <laughs> been, no, no, we've been around, we were around when the internet just happened. You know? mm. So we saw the difference now. Now, and I, and I spoke about this in a previous cast with Chito, in fact, Chito Miranda of, of Parochian Edgar. When I mentioned that, you know, now with Spotify, you literally have like millions and millions of songs to choose from. Millions and millions of artists. Mm. So it's hard to be a fan, you know, of anything. Because you listen to a song, you like it. You don't necessarily want to follow that artist. You just listen to another song, quite like it. You know, Spotify makes it easy for you to follow a genre or a style or even a specific tone or sound. You know? uh, it comes down to specific note variations. For example, when you click on follow Spotify radio or follow the radio for this song. But the emergence of a fan in these days, this digital world, is kind of difficult to do. huh? Or is it easier? Do you find it easier to become a fan now or more difficult? Mm. Uh, I think it's easier to be a fan, but it's difficult to actually gain that loyalty. Like on the other on the other side, on my side, it's easier to be a fan, like find something I like to follow them. But it's gonna be harder to draw me in to actually make me a fan. Hi guys, my name is Francesca, and you've got me Jelly. You've got Dell here. All right, so we hear that you like to listen to podcasts. You know what? That is pretty cool. It's the in thing to do right now. And we've got one. It's called The Eavesdrop. Do check it out, okay? We like to talk about everything and anything that's probably on your mind. Um, unfiltered, unedited, <laughs> sometimes to our own disadvantage. But go check it out after <laughs> listening to this one. I mean, I'm in marketing myself, and I understand very well that you know, a repeat purchase is not equal to brand loyalty. You know? Exactly. But also, I think BTS takes it a level like a level higher because there's interaction and engagement directly with BTS itself versus a brand where you it gets into your lifestyle, you want it, you want the newest things all the time, and there's high turnaround. 
but there is no personal connection to it. It's still a product. It's just part of your lifestyle versus BTS where they have a platform where you can interact with them and they can interact with the fans or the way they post uh, on their social media, which makes you feel connected. Like when I get a message on Twitter alert, I feel like, oh, V posted today. What did he say? I feel like he's messaging me. That's what every brand wants to be, a sort of humanized version of, of a product, of a thing. No? Hmm. Interestingly enough, you mentioned that BTS is like a brand naman sila, no? that they sort of transformed it into a very human exchange. You get a you get an alert on a tweet, and they might not be tweeting you, but you feel very involved in it. In fact, you mentioned that on, on the platforms, they engage with their fans. Do they really like physically, like verbally engage with their fans? Is that their level of engagement? Well, it's like uh, we have weavers where you post these messages and then the artists can see the messages that their fans post. And then sometimes they reply or they would just post themselves, like post photos or update us on what they're doing or just to say hi or thank you. So they, they built they're, I think they're more than just a product. Although in a marketing sense, I, I, I understand why you said they're a product. But to us, it's more than a product. You feel like... You know the feeling where you have an old friend and you write letters to each other? Sure. And when you connect it, it feels very warm. And when you connect it to fanhood, it's something else. Huh? When you connect it to a band that billions, literally billions of people in the world love, and you feel this personal connection, that sort of elevates it into a different kind of experience. That's something a, very few people have. No? It's, it's very few. And like even when you ask... Uh, I think it's amazing. I think part of the reason also that BTS is the way that they are, like, is also because of Bang PD. Okay, let's continue. Let's talk about that, because they are a channel and they are a sort of production network or entity. Is that correct? Well, they are a personality in themselves, I guess, and that they have, they do have a following of loyal following of fans who listen to their messages or tweets a lot. I kind of don't like calling them as a product, although I understand why you do since, from a marketing point of view, also since I'm in marketing. Maybe it's because it's I'm too connected to them. Oh, that's so interesting because, of, of course, as a somebody in marketing, people call any pro, any sort of content now as product. Right? Yes. Correct. But, uh, you know, a product in a sort of general sense. In fact, it's a very sort of recent term. No? What is your product? How much product do you create? No? And uh, I love it that you sort of make that distinction between product and between, for example, a new BTS song. Yes, because we don't see it as that. I think that's what's amazing about them. One of the things I think that make BTS unique from my point of view, and also I think a lot of armies, because I'd see interviews or people post about it, is that um, they're fans of BTS because they feel the sincerity and authenticity. I mean, as a marketing person also now, you know that with even with influencers, sometimes they don't work as much because people can see through it being a post. Yeah, absolutely. And this is interesting because you are a marketing person. So it's easy for you to see through anything. It's exactly. easy for you to see things as, oh, that's insincere. That's inauthentic. That's just marketing. In other words, you're sufficiently cynical. No. <laughs> Yes, sufficiently cynical. But I think also it's one of the things that I know I see is 
they're on camera so often, they're on social media so often as well. They give so many spoilers, like accidentally give so many spoilers. They basically live on camera, visible to everybody. If it's just a facade, for like for how long? Since 2013. If it was just a facade, it's not going to be easy to keep that up. Yes, so you feel the sincerity and authenticity of it. Because early on, I'm not sure if you got to read that. Early on, since they're not from a big company, like I mentioned earlier, they didn't really get a lot of screen time on shows and all these other ways idols would get to promote. So they came up with their own way of promoting themselves. So early on, they already had content on YouTube, on Twitter, because that was the only way for them to communicate and show themselves to fans since they didn't get a lot of airtime. They get cut out shows and all that. So there's so much content. And even if you look back, to that content, you can see that they're consistently the way they are. And even comments from TV hosts and other celebrities, how they talk about how polite BTS is, how 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 kind they really are. So it makes you feel for them. Like, I'm not a mom. But then when I see them, it makes me so proud whenever they achieve something. Like, like when they're you your talk- kids. They're your kids that you gave birth to when you were like 10 years old, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even their parent. And I'm so proud of them. Can you imagine how proud their parents are? So when you were talking about them in the States, about how popular they are, I I couldn't help but smile. I was smiling the whole time. So proud of them. And and the way you talk about them, it's like you're protective about them almost. Mm. Is this sort of underdog mentality part of the reason why they have so much charm and magnetism? I think that if it were just the underdog mentality, then I'd be a fan of almost every K-pop group. Because a lot of them started. I think it's how they went through the hardships and how they shaped themselves, how it shaped them also, and how they dealt with it. I think Bang Piggy had a lot to do with it also. Because like when you go through the content, when you go through the interviews, you I like I realized he made sure that the boy he took care of the boys, like reminded them. There was this point where I think they were about to be launched, like do something big in the States, and they were in the boardroom, and Bank PD said something like, this has to be something you're happy about or like something you're still happy to do. So I think he consults with the boys, and they have a say in the decision-making process also, and he guides them. Like they have sometimes if they're troubled, then they talk to psychiatrist or something you know he takes care of them and he helps them make the decisions it's not like do this do that you know he takes care of how they feel about their artistry their passion he helps them maintain it so i think part of it also is how they were the process it was the process and how they shaped themselves and how they went through it like shining still because they could you know opt not to be nice at this point i mean come on i mean i'm sure you know a lot of celebrities even locally not all of them are nice. I, I want to add this, no? because they've produced so much content mm. that I'm led to think, isn't this like overproduction of content? Because every sort of celebrity is so wary that, oh, I might be, you know, overexposing myself. I might be too much out there, you know? Or, baliktad na ba ngayon? You know, I need to produce content. People need to see more and more of me. Does this make you feel, as a fan, does this make you feel, yes, I need to know more and more, and it's not going to bore me. They're never going to bore me, you know? As long as I can see more and more new stuff from them. 
Yeah, actually, it doesn't really bore me. Like, uh, recently, Yungi got surgery, so he hasn't been able to participate in the recent activities. So he came out on V Live a few weeks after because he saw the messages that people were missing him and wondering how he was doing. I'm beginning to miss him as well. No, the way you talk about him, I, I begin to, you know, I, no, I feel it. I feel it. No, I love it. <laughs> so, like, I was reading one of those interviews of where RM said that. It, he finds he finds pride and joy with the way the army donates to charity and does like good works and stuff like that. Because when he's down, he gets energy from the army, and like when we're down, like and I'm down, I find energy and it lifts my spirits when I watch a random YouTube video of BTS or I listen a song for I listen to a song to calm me down. So it's nice how the relationship, just you know, how we feed off each other also positively. I think that's one of the things also that draws in like the like people like me. I'm not I'm not like a kid where you just, you know, pop out a love song or a like a upbeat tune that actually does not say anything to you. If you even if you look, listen to the lyrics, it's just random gibberish with a catchy tune. There's a lot of that actually, right? Sure. Yeah. I think what helps draw people in is the lyrics too. Like especially like now there's actually a group called BTS Titas. Have you heard of it? No, I, I have. I have not had the <laughs> pleasure of meeting a BTS Tita. But no, yeah, but seriously, yeah. I, I just want to say. I just want to put it in here first that you know it might sound like I'm saying, oh, uh, parang it might sound patronizing for me. No, na parang oh, this guy's patronizing, or anybody who's not a fan might sound patronizing because they're asking or they're wondering why. No, but I just want to say it's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. I think it's a great thing to be a fan of something, to get energy from it, no, and to give energy to it, no. And it's a real form of, I should say, love. No, it's not fake. It's not manufactured. It's not even digital, no. And I feel that coming off. No, I, I, I want to sort of put that in because when you talked about, you know, feeling blue, feeling sad, watching a video made you feel good. That's what a relationship is about, right? And it's not a sad thing. It's a happy thing. You're a grown woman. No, I hope. <laughs> no, you are. You are a grown woman. No, no, I love it because you're a grown woman. And does being a fan make you feel like a kid? Yes, it does. I, you, know what, you know what I love about it also? Sometimes when you get older, you overcomplicate things. Like something so simple, you put so much meaning into it or you have to think about it a lot just to do such a simple task. Or There is this uh, Bon Voyage. Bon Voyage is one of the shows of BTS where they travel abroad and go on vacation and just tape everything. It was a conversation between Jen and RM when they were at a restaurant in Hawaii, like I think during sunset. And Jen oh my was... God, you talk about it like you were there. I love it. <laughs> So, like, they were talking and Jin said, you know, they were talking about life. Like, I think one of them said, I want to take my parents here, blah, blah. And then Jin goes, uh, they were talking about life in general. He go, And they were talking about, like, dreams, I think. And Jin said, you know what? He didn't really, his dream was never really to be a superstar or to be famous. His only dream in life at the end of the day is to be happy. I mean, that's such a simple thing. But then we lose track of that when we're, we get older because we want a big house, big cars, you know, all these things. But then at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. And sometimes it just astounds me that these young men are so mature in their thinking 
and their outlook in life that me who's way older where they could be my kids i feel like i'm still learning so much from them and i think that's so amazing i think that's amazing too i have not heard a fan and i I, i've met a lot of fans and i've been fans of many things i've not felt that you know that kind of sort of connection to values as much as you have with bts or bts fans have but i also want to now bridge it toward not back toward marketing, not in the cold sense, mm. but also in a greater context of Hallyu, you know, the Korean okay. wave. Uh, people who are in marketing use it as a case study because it is a great sort of example of soft power. It is a cultural force, in fact, funded by the state to create more engaging content, such as TV shows, movies, certainly music, personalities that will hold the world in thrall. Mm. We'll say, okay, we're going to take the world and invade it, not physically, not by force, no? not economically necessarily, although Korea ne- uh, has a great economy, but culturally. Japanese have done it. They did it during J-pop, if you remember J-pop, Japanese pop before, decades ago. And now we're still very much in the middle of the Korean wave that started maybe 10 years ago. And as a marketer, how do you reconcile that? For example, I use Apple products, but I'm not an Apple fanboy. You know, I use them because oh, they're great for security, and everybody else in my team uses them, right? And uh, we we speak that kind of language in terms of operating systems. But I'm not a fan of Apple. No, I know that they're a marketing machine. I know that they upgrade their products unnecessarily. You know, and you're sort of they're trying to hook you into this product upgrade. You understand the workings of how you as a marketer yourself, you understand how these things work out. And yet, when you talk about BTS, you talk about happiness, you know, you talk about maturity, you talk about uh, growth and development. And these are things that are not connected to the product. You know, Mm. they're not asking you to buy tickets every day, you know, or to buy their album every day. Listening is free for the most part. Hi, this is Rika. Hi, this is JC. <laughs> so you like listening to podcasts? Try listening to ours. It's called the Hala Hala Show. Yeah, we talk about X, Y, and Z. It's called our lives. Yeah. Also, the trending topics. We talk about what's going on in the world. And we'll read some of your fan mail if you send it to us. Ooh, fan mail. I never thought that we would have fan mail. Yeah. But we're here with two. Yes. And <laughs> it's available wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts, to any of your podcast network Asia shows as well. So after listening to this one, why don't you give us a try? Please, go listen to our show, okay? Slurp on. Slurbers. <laughs> Actually, I think that's what makes them amazing. Just because I think we don't see them as a product. Or I mean, admittedly, they do have a lot of merchandise out. They have a lot of albums. They have a lot of spin-offs. They have um, like BT21, which is like these little cute cartoon versions of them. It's more like you love them so much. You, you really like what they do. You like what they stand for. They're part of your daily routine. So you want to support it. Also because you find joy in it. It gives. It reminds you of them in a sense. So I can see them though, where the marketing comes in also. But we don't see it that way. We just want to support what they're doing. I think what makes it interesting also is that BTS and has a lot of free content so 
personally, I don't feel like they're very greedy or just trying to get money out of me. Or you, you don't feel like they're, they're, you're being sold to? No? no, I don't. I don't feel that at all. Because they have they have a lot of free content. Like they put out free songs that you can just download. You don't have to buy it. As a marketer, you know, engagement is a big thing. So they listen to us. Like the recent uh, concert, the armies, which is, they're so amazing. Sometimes the instructions are get a bit complicated on how to purchase. They actually drew up a, a flowchart to simplify it. And Big Hit saw it and uploaded something similar. They really check on what armies say and want. So you like I feel like I'm listened to as well. Like when you comment. And their products sometimes change depending on, uh, I think, feedback from the army. Also, so they, 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 I feel like they listen to us and we just want to support them also so they can keep doing what they're doing. Um, but one thing I noticed also knowing them and having seen a lot of videos, they're not too guapo, no? Uh, you know what? I mean, like, let's, let's, I have to admit that's true. When I first saw them, I didn't really, not all of them are traditionally handsome. Like, we just look at the physical It gives me sense. a lot of hope. I, it gives us, uh, like, normal-looking people <laughs> a lot of hope. That's what I think. And you know what? They joke about it as well. But then, like, the, one of the members that I like isn't the most handsome guy there. But then he's, I just like what he stands for. But so he's, a, like, he's your favorite. Is he your favorite? Like, favorite, you play favorites? Yeah. Well, I have, a, I have a bias. I love Yungi. Okay. I I'm going to look him up. I'm going to look him up now so like I can yeah. look at him while you talk about him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like him because okay. he's not the most handsome one in the group. But then he's he has this wit and charm and I like what he stands for. And he doesn't take any BS at all, which I think is really cool. You know, it's not just BTS. It's a team behind them. When you say team, you mean the creative team behind them, right? The, cre- the creative team, like the marketing people, the ones that create these products, like how help them put up these shows. Create the pop-ups, create like the marketing campaign, like the one for Love Yourself with these huge blimps, Armypedia. There's so many amazing projects. And it's not the typical, you know, let's just do what works. No, but I want to also go back to to their looks. And not because I'm like, it's a a shallow sort of insight, but I also noticed that they're very androgynous. In fact, uh, they they wear eyeliner or makeup. and, And that was, you know, in the 80s, everybody wore eyeliner. You know, uh, everybody was in a was in a band wore eyeliner, but it's a different kind of androgyny. It was sort of I, I'm wondering, you know, especially in the U.S., where people look at role models at, at their idols as sort of either role models or sex objects, right? They objectify them. No, uh, how do you, do their fans see them? Because I don't know if their fans like the Beatles. You know, I remember the Beatles. But everybody wanted to sleep with them. You know, or be them. How does a va- fan? How do they fit into a fan's minds? In marketing speak, how are they positioned in terms of their fans? Well, I think it's true. Not all of them are traditionally handsome. If you're just looking at the physical uh, aspect of it, like if from an outsider point of view, like when you first see them, not all of them are traditionally handsome. But I, uh, you watch the Avengers, and you either want to be with them or be them. Yeah. Mm. But what is the approach toward BT- BTS? I think they, with everything else they do, they push, they push the borders, and they start like the the traditional sense of masculinity. They question the traditional sense of masculinity and just, I don't know, change everyone's outlook on it. I guess because they're not really one to follow the trends. 
they're always someone to push the borders and to question and to change things. So I think people just adapted to them. When I watched them, I was, I was enjoying them. I found myself enjoying them rather than, for example, me watching a video of or a, a film where you imagine yourself, you find yourself imagining, yeah, I, I, I identify with James Bond no? or with Legolas no? or with <laughs> Thor because like, I, that was there so are random. days when I okay. feel like I want to be <laughs> super random. <laughs> you know my type now. No? <laughs> the pretty one. <laughs> like with muscles. So like, no, but seriously, <laughs> but seriously, but when I watch them, with, I don't, I don't want to be like any of them. But I'm fascinated by it. I'm going to watch this video till the end. And it sort of stirred something else inside me. I'm enjoying this. And the sort of positivity that I felt. You know? Am I correct? I mean, yeah, that's am true. I going the right path? <laughs> I think you just go where it takes you. And, and there's no right or wrong way. Just, I feel like an army trainee right, right now. <laughs> A baby army. But I have a concern. Are there levels of arminess? No. Well, actually, I am a general or I, I am a <laughs> private. Or, or can you be demoted in this said <laughs> army? We expect to have a new batch of baby armies coming in eventually. And then that will come for the next comeback. So usually when people are on Twitter, they'll be like, oh, wait, where is this? video from or what, what happened here i don't understand so the older armies will just explain to them and go oh it's a baby army it's this that the thought try to watch this and do that it's it's super it's actually kind of cool in a sense yeah so, I, I feel so warm like i feel like a baby already no and what <laughs> i notice is that there's no vicious fanhood no parang there's no like i'm a bigger fan than you there's always uh, this parang feeling of acceptance i don't know i look at the youtube comments no Invariably, when you go to YouTube, a lot of videos with the comments are more interesting than the video itself. No, Same, but not I the BTS. No, but I felt that sort of warmth. Nga na parang, yeah, you, you talked about Baby Army. You know, like you're talking about Baby Yoda. <laughs> I think it's very unique to the fandom in, in that sense. Uh, because I think what makes Army strong is that when the international and the local fandoms help each other, that's why we have translations so fast for the songs, which make the international fans appreciate their songs even more because some before there were no real official translations we depend highly depend on these army translators who would also translate interviews or tweets of the guys so we feel more connected to them as well and then you know it's amazing because there was this uh, mama voting in 2017 which is super intense and Armies created voting groups, which I joined, by the way, and took a leave from work to join. Oh my God. <laughs> like, what was on your leave form? Parang <laughs> army training or parang army service? <laughs> well, I, I just said I, I had to attend to something important. So I didn't. Oh, oh a, a life event. Yeah, I get you. <laughs> So you know what? It's crazy because since there's so many different professionals in army, you can see that. They're so organized. Like for that voting, there was an uploaded Excel sheet. And like there are people that create Gantt charts, like project management level stuff. That's amazing. And then when things come up, like with the IPO, uh, lawyer armies would speak up about it and help enlighten. Yeah, just as a background, uh, they launched an IPO over the pandemic period. And it's one of the most successful IPOs ever done. Certainly a very unique IPO. 
Yes, agree. And what's what was really cool about that was that they gave BTS shares, which is rare. And the shares yeah. are not, you know, a small amount. That's also showed like the members how important they were and gave them more reason to work harder to build the company up the bar. That's amazing. And I wanna talk about the other side of it. It's a real form of activism now, you know, a sort of digital mm-hmm. activism. We all know recently, of course, how BTS fans were able to turn around and sort of reverse a Trump rally by taking mm-hmm. over a, a Trump activity and sort of changing the rules of the game. And I think that BTS fanhood is a, is a brilliant sign of how digital participation can actually work in the real world as a form of activism and change. It can. It's actually a very powerful tool. That's true. Because a lot of, as a, you know, a lot of older people think that, oh, you know, you're on Facebook, you're complaining, or you're on Twitter. <laughs> you're such an armchair activist, you know. You're not really going to make any change. You're just complaining. Uh, you know, you're weak. They've yes. called the younger generation, like a weak generation. You know, they never went out into the streets. They don't know how it is to fight for freedom or to fight for a cause. But what I'm seeing is that, oh, it's the opposite. People are actually using digital as a way to fight for a cause, as a way for a cause. Whether the cause is something they believe in, like fanhood, you know, or, or the bands that they stand for, or later on, and on a much larger context, uh, political movements you know, or political leaders. You know? But that's actually very true, even in the context of marketing. I mean, like especially now with the pandemic, it's more everything is online. Shopping is online. You deal more with influencers now versus traditional media. So everything yeah. is really online. And I think it's just the mentality of the older people that don't realize the power of um, social media. But everything is actually really there. It's just like I understand. I, I get that. It's amazing how change can actually be done through social media nowadays versus physically going out in the streets and protesting. It's it, it's a totally different mindset now. Do you see yourself outgrowing your fanhood? It's actually the first time I've really been into a group that much or been a real fan in this aspect. So I really don't know. And I don't see myself outgrowing it because a lot of their messages are something that are timeless, you know, and they're connected to happy memories. So I think even later on, I'll still look back and, you know, enjoy the content or the memories. And sort that of perform. grow old with a band. In a way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I know it's normal. BTS won't be there forever. But I think that, you know, the moments they cheered you up or encouraged you when you listen to their music, I think that will live on eventually still. I really just want to thank you because it's a window to another world. But at the same time, you know, it's a world that I wish I were in. I wish I were there during the start. On another note, I know it's not too late. For anybody to be a fan of BTS. No, and I I mean it, no? It's not too late for anybody to be a fan of something now. And I think it's quite important in this digital age, in this pandemic age, that we become fans of something, that we follow something, that we share values with something, and uh, that we don't have to be there in the same room with that person we share values with, to be in the same country with that person we share values with. So... It's very enlightening. At the same time, it's very empowering for me. I feel that 
BDS fanhood is sort of a glimpse into a greater potential of what fanhood can be you know, for the future. No, that sounds very lofty, and it might not even get uh, become part of the podcast. No, I'm I'm just sharing what I feel about it. No, but I really want to be a fan. You know, I really want to be a fan. I think a lot of the, the BTS fans like watch the videos because they want to be a fan, and they end up naturally being fans. No, and that's something unique. No, I think nowadays, especially with what's happening and with technology, people just want to feel connected. Can you just share like one of my favorite lyrics? from one of their songs okay so loving myself is harder than loving someone else my standards for yourself is more strict take three rings in your life is part of you forgive yourself the me today yesterday and tomorrow are all me with no exceptions it's all i super love that the lonely hearts podcast is brought to you by esquire philippines in partnership with podcast network asia for more info on their shows in the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia. Also powered by Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Sign up now for free at podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.